Hey, uh, I would have to say this is one of my favorite times of the year, uh, one of my favorite seasons. Anybody else with me on that? Yeah, I mean, like, I just had the best meal of the year a couple of days ago, um, sitting around the table with some of my uh, favorite people, my most favoritist people, Um, and then we are headed into this beautiful time of year where we uh, recognize that God is still with us. We celebrate that he is a God who um, comes to us in so many ways, and yes, we will kind of have this uh, sense of anticipation for Christmas and the way that we can celebrate that. I hope on uh, Christmas Eve that we can fill this place um, with our, our, our voices, our hopes, and anticipations, but just also the ways that God comes to us in our, our day-to-day. Um, this isn't just a one-time-a-year where we celebrate He comes to us. He, he makes His way to us all throughout the year, and we want to just kind of practice waking up to the ways that he comes to us. Um, This is uh, Advent season, and it occurred to me a while back that um, Advent somehow is is also in the word adventure. And I like to think of this time of year as an adventure because it's it's a time of anticipating. It's a time of waiting and looking ahead. Um, when, uh, when I was a kid, I'm tr- I was trying to remember which birthday this was, and I talked to my siblings trying to help me remember, but uh, when I was a kid, I remember so excited to come home from school that particular day because it was my birthday, and I knew that's when I was going to be getting a birthday present. I didn't know what, I know what I'd asked for, but I just had a feeling it was going to be special. And when I got home, uh, my mom handed me a note, and I read the note, and it was a clue that led me to another note, that was a clue that led me to another note, and then another, and then another. And so for the next several minutes, I'm running around from clue to clue in the house, out in the backyard, back inside in the basement. Um, the funny part, one of the funnier ones was when I um, was out and uh, there at the curb, and some of my friends were walking by, and I am pulling the metal lid off the trash can. Remember when we used to have metal trash cans back in the day? Yeah. Um, I'm pulling the lid off the trash can, and these friends of mine that are walking by are like, what are you doing? I'm looking for my birthday present. (laughs) I just kind of wonder if those kids still, to this day, remember that one neighborhood kid? You know, Maybe our neighborhood wasn't that good after all. I don't know. But I eventually um, got a clue that said, look underneath the bed in the spare bedroom, and there it was. Still in a box, but this basketball rim, this basketball goal that I'd been wanting for so long. And yes, the gift was great, but I will never forget the adventure leading up to it. And I think there's a lot for us to to learn. I don't want us to overlook um, the gift that God is to us, the gifts that he gives us along the way. Um, I want us over the next four weeks to really recognize um, the hope and the strength that can come to us in the waiting, in the adventure. Um, the word advent, like I said, is it's somehow tied in there with adventure. Um, the word literally uh, has to do with uh, coming or arrival. So it's kind of that leaning forward on the balls of your feet, kind of a this something is coming and I want to be ready. 
um, we get our word Advent from a Latin word that literally means about to happen. So this is, we are saying something is about to happen, but when we don't know exactly when it's going to happen, that's kind of what makes it an adventure. This is something that, you know, control freaks like me and maybe a couple of you, it'd be really nice if we had some certainties in that, like exactly when something that we have been hoping for is going to arrive. But um, the point that I want us uh, to see, especially for today, is an adventure does demand a lot from us, but it awakens us to a strength that maybe you didn't know you had. I want us to talk about a strength that's available to you in times of waiting that maybe you were unaware of. And so as we consider this uh, adventure, and as we uh, look at this biblical text, um, try to feel what it's like to wait. I want you to think about this, not just with your head, but like maybe begin now to think about what is it that you have been longing for for a long time? The adventure, okay, been good, but when's God going to come through with this? And it's kind of with that sense that this psalmist in Psalm 25, um, believed to be David, um, he's got some things, he's on a difficult journey. David is, he's got his adventure in front of him. Um, and he is acknowledging that this adventure is something that he's not going to be able to do on his own. And so we read this in the first few verses of Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions, According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast. Love, steadfast faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. And I, as, I, as I read this, and as I imagine kind of what maybe David is going through, it's like he is, he's grateful for these clues, these little notes that God's been giving him. But he's, he's saying, I need some help in this. I need some help. Um, waiting. Who likes to wait? I mean, we, we almost didn't go shopping yesterday because... I was pretty sure I was going to be waiting in a really long line. And I was pleasantly surprised when I didn't see a line in, at the store that we went to. Made me a little concerned for that store in particular, <laughs> if they're going to survive. But um, nobody wants to wait. Nobody likes that. But kind of think of it this way. Um, 
what is something big that you're waiting for? Something big that you have been hoping for. If you could put that on a scale, how much would that waiting weigh? How much would it weigh? Now, I want us to think about that for the next few minutes. I've got a, um, I enjoy using props and illustrations. And I want you to know this is the, this is the heaviest illustration I've ever done. Okay? So this is, uh, for those of you that don't work out, um, this is about 1,500 pounds. Uh, kidding. It's 135 pounds. Um, I was looking for the weights that were hollow and filled with helium. Couldn't find those. But um, this is what I got here. Borrowed it from Zach and Donna, my neighbors across the street. And um, so how much, I mean, this we can put on a scale and say, okay, I know this weighs 135 pounds. But what does weighting for whatever it is that you have in mind, weigh. What is it like waiting for test results? What is it like waiting for God to hear your prayer about that chronic illness that you have or a family member has? How heavy is it when you have to wait and watch a family member suffer? Maybe they're making poor choices and you wish they would learn and grow up and see the light but for now, you're just waiting. What's it like to wait? What's it like to offer that prayer to God again and again and again? And you've prayed and asked God for this certain thing for so long, you don't even know how many times you've prayed it, but you're still waiting for an answer. And have you noticed that the longer you wait, the heavier it feels. I'm, a, I'm testifying to that right now. The longer you wait, the heavier it feels. Okay, there we go. That was a little heavier than I expected it to be for that long. I had a few other examples of heaviness and waiting, but I was getting too out of breath. <laughs> what is the weight of waiting. The longer we wait, as I said, the heavier it feels. And sometimes when we're in a season of waiting, we're just hoping that we don't lose our grip. If you've ever tried to, you know, help somebody move a heavy piece of furniture, you know, you, you're almost to where you need it to be, and then you're like, hold on, set it down, set it down, I'm losing my grip. Well, sometimes in times of waiting, we, we feel like we're about to lose our grip. Maybe we begin to doubt. Maybe we're starting to question, um, is, have I been hoping for the right thing? Is this ever going to happen? And then we begin to look for other ways to make it through whatever this season of waiting is. Psalm 25, in those first couple of verses, the word wait is used twice um, the first five verses David says indeed none who wait for you shall be put to shame and then again lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation for you I wait all the day long now there's 
uh, I'm told that there are several words in the Greek and the Hebrew that can be translated as weight. But this one um, translated weight, and I'm talking W-A-I-T on, on this. Um, this particular use of the word weight in the original language means to bind or to combine together through twisting. And so what David is saying is, um, I, I want my life, my whole life, wrapped up in you as I wait. I need that connection with you. And it's, it, David is describing a really strong connection, a reliance on God. So let me, as I was studying that, this is what came to mind, and this is the uh, kind of the point for this. These are um, weight weightlifting straps. Um, it's been a while since I've tried to lift anything heavy enough where I needed these, to be honest. Um, and so a weightlifting strap, this is what it does. It kind of goes around your wrist, and then um, this strap wraps around whatever it is that you need to hold on to. So in this case, um, I'm going to wrap it and kind of twist it around the bar. I'm going to do that with the other side here. And what that does is I don't really have to hold on to the bar. I just kind of hold on to the straps that are holding on to the bar. And David is saying, I want my life to be so intertwined with God that I can trust that he is going to hold on to those things that I'm hoping for. That God's got this. I can trust that he is not going to let go. And I'd be able to stand here a whole lot longer with these straps than what I would without because the straps are doing what I couldn't do on my own. So with that in mind, I want us to think about a couple of parallels that I'll make with this. Um, to begin with, uh, straps. These straps will help me hold on um, to something that, uh, especially when I start to lose my grip or when I grow weaker. And these straps help me hold on longer so that the weight can do what it's intended to do, which is make me stronger. Now let's apply that to what it's like for us to wait and to wait in such a way that we are combining our life interwoven with God as we go through life. Now remember what I said about um, in Psalm 25, this is an adventure. It's a difficult journey. Um, it's one that we cannot successfully take by ourselves. David is saying, I am holding on to the Lord who is holding on to all of my concerns. I am holding on to the Lord who is holding on to my future. And so just as there are two primary benefits for those straps as I'm working out with weights, um, there's two primary benefits that come to mind as we hold on to the Lord who is holding on to our future. Number one, hoping in the Lord and his strength helps me hold on when my strength is about to fail. 
Have you been to that point in your journey where you're losing your grip? Not sure if I can keep doing this, Lord. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Those are the words to Paul. Paul, who you would think, he's a pretty strong dude, right? But he's acknowledging in this adventure, in his life, that there are just some things that he is not strong enough for. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So he's saying, I'm getting weaker, but this is an opportunity for God and his strength to be shown. Maybe somebody comes to mind who has been through a really rough adventure, but they've come out on the other side stronger And you look at them and you're kind of like, wow, how did you do that? And their story is somehow connected to how they were trusting in God through that. Now, when we say we're going to trust in the Lord, when the adventure is tough, um, when the waiting is long, you're not trusting that the Lord's going to lighten the load. And that normally kind of what we would like. God, if you could okay, I'll stand here, but if you could take these 45-pound plates off the side, I'd probably be able to hang in here and wait a little bit longer. Well, this was not the first time for me to pick up 135 pounds. I don't remember exactly when I started lifting and and picking up 135 pounds, but I know that I'm able to pick up 135 pounds today in a way that I wasn't able to 20 years ago. And that's what this waiting has an opportunity to do for us. It has an opportunity for us to be strengthened, for our faith to be strengthened. Not faith that he's going to make things lighter, not faith that he's going to make life easier, but faith that he's going to give us the strength and he's going to be with us in the middle of that waiting. That we together, woven together with God, are going to make it. I read a news story um, in a book that, um, A, I thought was really funny, and uh, B, it's another way for us to visualize this waiting and this having our lives so intertwined with God um, that that becomes our strength. Um, and uh, this particular uh, story is a guy, um, it's, it's, um, it's a story of a guy who survived a tornado. And so uh, it says, from the uh, news article, from the Newport News, August 7th, 1993, Mark Jones survived one of Friday's twisters lashed to a tree. You couldn't breathe, man. It sucked the air right out of my lungs for about 30 seconds, said Jones, 33, a trail guide from Fort Yukon, Alaska. It was serious. I don't know how he talks, but it just, he just seems like one of those guys, doesn't he? Like, you're, you're crazy. A little bit off, but you're crazy. All right. Jones has been through Alaskan blizzards and earthquakes, but he said they don't compare to the tornado that swooped down as he bicycled his 18-speed Fuji. Seeing the tornado behind him, Jones pulled over on Warwick Boulevard near the James City County line 
and lashed his bike and himself to a tree with his bike lock cable. I looked up and I saw the funnel cloud. There was stuff whipping around. I wasn't about to lose a $700 mountain bike, he said. (laughs) My feet were coming up off the ground, I guarantee you that. Jones watched the storm tear up trailers and houses nearby, and when the storm had passed, he was shaking so hard he couldn't stand. Jones said, I sat down, and to tell you the truth, I had one beer left in my pack, and I drank it. It's a great story, isn't it? It's a great story because he survived. Otherwise, it would have been a tragic story. But could it be that the current season that you're in is best described as a storm? And you are waiting. And you are hoping. And you're holding on to hope. The psalmist was in the middle of a storm. And he begins by saying, Oh Lord, I lift up my soul to you. I trust in you. What if that became our Advent prayer. Oh Lord, I lift up my soul to you. I trust in you. Now when David says, I lift up my soul to you, the soul, he's talking about, I lift up everything that I am. We are made up of minds and bodies and feelings and emotions, um, of desires and wills. Uh, we are made up of our, you know, even our social interactions that we have. You could almost think of each of these components of us like, like planets that are orbiting the sun, and our soul is that gravity that holds us all together. So David is saying, I lift up my soul to you. And as you go through this psalm, it's, it, he's acknowledging, my soul isn't the greatest at times. So could you do that? Just say, begin by, Lord, I lift up my soul to you. Like, really, how are you doing right now? You're not lifting up your soul as you think God wants it to be? You're not lifting up your soul as you wish it was or as it used to be? You're just being honest. Lord, in the middle of this waiting, in the middle of this storm, I lift my soul up to you. And then you breathe those four words, I trust in you. I trust in you. And maybe it's a declaration. I trust in you. I've been trusting in you, and I'm going to keep doing it. Or maybe it's actually kind of a, a prayer of desire. I'm not sure right now, but God, I want to trust in you. I want to hold on with your help. So I want you to, um, to think of it this way. When we come together, as we do almost every week, to this table, it's a picture of trust. It is a a meal for those of us who have said, I trust in Jesus for my salvation. Lift up your soul to the Lord as it is right now. I trust in you. And as you partake of this meal, you are saying, I am symbolically saying, I trust in in you if you're going through a storm 
I want you to not think about how heavy this is that you have to pick up in little weightlifting straps. I want us to do what this Mark Jones did. And would you lash yourself to the tree? You with me? Where you say, I'm in this with you. We are going to ride out this storm. And he is who you trust to hold on through this. So as you prepare to come to the table for communion, um, and if you're new with us, we have an open table. Um, uh, we are family. We come together as a family. And again, it's a picture of, of trust for those of us that have trusted our lives to God. Um, you can dip the uh, bread into the cup. We also have prepackaged that you can take with you. But just would you bow your head and lift up your soul to God right now? How is your soul? How are you doing? And as you present that to the Lord who's going to accept you as you are, it's one of the beautiful things about him. He loves you right there as you are. Would you say those four words to him in a prayer? I trust in you. You know what the storm is. You know what you've been holding on to. You know how long you've been holding on to it, how heavy it's getting to be. Lord, I trust in you. Lord, in these next few moments, um, would you observe us as we symbolically show you that we trust in you? Thank you for being so trustworthy. Amen.